Today's episode is brought to you by Positively Productive Systems, whose mission is to be the antidote to your stress and to provide compassionate productivity resources and coaching that help you heal and achieve. Be sure to check out both free and paid resources at PositivelyProductive.com resources. Think about how you would approach a new friend. It's almost like you need to translate your energy and your personality in the form of an email, or if the host has a form that needs to be completed, your job is to really make your ask, because that's what a pitch is. You are asking to be a guest on their show, and you are pitching a specific idea for a conversation. And so it's really bringing to life how you can do that in a unique way that serves that audience. You're listening to the Positively Living Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Zarotny, founder of Positively Productive Systems and a coach certified in time and stress management, helping clients make space for what matters most in their lives. Join me each episode and we'll talk about decluttering, stress management, habits, personalized productivity, gratitude, and so much more. I understand the overwhelm of life because I'm a wife, mom to kids and cats, and a former caregiver. I'm here to help you choose what's right for you so you can do less, live more, and breathe easier. Sound good? Let's get to it. Whether you're a business owner or you have a personal mission that needs to be shared with the world, one of the best ways to increase your visibility is through guest appearances. There are many ways to do this, but podcast guesting is one of the simplest and most effective. And today's episode with Angie Trueblood will help you get clear on the benefits of guesting, how to provide the strongest pitches for more quality guest opportunities, and as a bonus, how to take this knowledge and apply it to different aspects of your business. As a podcast visibility expert and host of the Go Pitch Yourself podcast, Angie Trueblood knows that the only perfect pitch is the one that leads with value and focuses on building a genuine connection. Whether she's teaching entrepreneurs how to pitch themselves or working behind the scenes to secure opportunities for others, Angie leverages her super connector powers to grow businesses and build long-lasting relationships. When she's not working with her clients or being active in her local community, she loves exploring Richmond, Virginia's parks and playgrounds with her two kiddos, checking out new restaurants with her hubs, and laughing about motherhood over cocktails with friends. In our conversation today, Angie and I laugh quite a bit and dish a little bit about some of the questionable pitches we've both seen. You have to listen to the part where she refers to it as spray and pray. Please understand, I don't think it's likely you're doing these things, but my hope is that by sharing all of what's happening, the bad and the good, it will help everyone collaborate better. We're keeping it real here today and showing where we can all improve. Angie's pitching expertise will change your guest game. While she confirmed some of the things I knew how to do, she also shared some incredible insider tips that will reduce your time and increase your effectiveness when pitching your next guest opportunity. Do you know someone who's looking to be a guest? Please share this episode with them and encourage everyone to engage more positively with each other. And if you're looking to be a guest but feel disorganized about it, I can help with that part. In just 30 minutes, we can create a customized process for tracking guest opportunities that includes working with your templates. 
Head to PositivelyProductive.com slash boost to book a session and be sure to use the promo code podcast for a special listener discount. Welcome, Angie Trueblood, to the Positively Living Podcast. I have been wanting to have you join us for quite some time. And the more that I spend time podcasting, the more that I know you and I needed to have a conversation today. So welcome. Thank you, Lisa. I know I am super excited to finally connect with you. The interview is icing on the cake for sure. Exactly. So let's start before we get into the topic of the day with a little background from you telling us who you are, who you help, and most importantly, what lights you up? Yeah. So I help business owners really connect with ideal clients and potential collaborators in their business space through podcasting. Our company is actually going through a bit of an evolution right now, which I always enjoy change. Primarily, we have been known in the podcast pitching and guesting space to where we support clients and help them land relevant interviews on shows that can help grow their business. But we're also kind of tiptoeing into the space of supporting podcast hosts because we've done that for so many years as they come to us knowing that guesting on shows can grow their podcast, then it's just sort of a natural evolution for us. And in terms of what lights me up, it really is the strategy behind connecting folks with one another. So at my core, I am a super connector. It is prevalent in my daily life and my work life. And it's just knowing that there are two people or more that have similar interests and connecting them and kind of letting them go off and create that relationship. Me being that connecting person for them is really what lights my soul on fire. Yeah. And I can completely understand that because all the connections I've made in just the short time I've had my podcast alone, let alone been on other people's podcasts prior to that and throughout this journey, there's been so much magic. Yeah. <laughs> magic in the conversation, magic in, in just the, the connection and the support that you find from people and, and even in what you consider unlikely places. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, and in the podcasting space and the online world, you know, for us, podcasts are just a natural extension of our business. And I've been tapping in more locally to, you know, a local network of business owners. And a couple of them have podcasts, but it's not that type of support that those of us that have interacted in the podcasting world offer one another. So it's just really nice to feel that closeness with a group of people. Yeah. And I think there's such an intimacy in podcasting that this is an incredible platform to be able to make connections and share our stories. And I'm excited about the direction that you're going. And considering some of the questions I had for you today, this is going to be such a great place to kind of bring both of those together. So let's get started with what you have been known for so far and this idea of pitching yourself as a guest. So let's talk a bit to start with why we want to pitch ourselves as guests, what the benefits are and, and what it would involve. Yeah. So to be a podcast guest, you don't really have to have the qualifier of you also being a podcast host. I was a guest long before I hosted the Go Pitch Yourself podcast. And I think that's really where I caught sort of the bug for podcasting. I was always obsessed with podcasts. I mean, I feel like I've been listening to them as long as they have been out, but really getting behind the mic 
opened me up to this new world of connecting with folks through audio. And so I stepped into guesting in a previous business. I started pitching myself to be a guest on other people's shows. This was back in 2016, early 2017. And I started to see the impact that me being able to get in front of other audiences had on my business. Back then, it was typically a pretty solid boost to my email list. Then people would really get to know me because they had heard me for 30 or 40 minutes on someone else's show. So it could increase my social following, which has never really been a priority of mine. Mine has really just been to connect with people either through email or in the DMs. And then ultimately, people that come to me now in this current iteration of my business most often find me as I am a guest on other people's podcasts. So, you know, there's the business part of it, the benefit that it can bring to you and your business, but also, and this is why I think it's almost important to be a guest before you start hosting your own show. It really helps you flesh out where your thought leadership lies and it helps you sort of evolve, especially for those of us that are doers, right? Because I initially started just me pitching clients to be guests on shows and having a conversation about that. You're not doing it. You're talking about it and you're understanding what other people want to know about what you do. So it really helps you evolve your leadership and your authority in the space. And, and I think that's kind of a priceless part of it. That's often not mentioned a lot. I'm so glad you brought that up. I feel like you were describing sort of my uh, evolution as well, because I was obsessed with podcasts and then I started to get on them as a, as a guest. And I knew that it had potential to build the business. And I'd even heard that before from people who were very successful in very large groups who I said, okay, what did they do? And they're like, well, they kept getting guest opportunities. I'm like, okay. But that little inside part there of, well, the more you keep sharing your story, who you are, what your mission is, what your values are, why you're doing what you're doing, the more you're really locking into who you are and why you're showing up. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's something that I had done the guest posting thing, writing blogs before, but really articulating who you are and what matters to you really helps solidify, honestly, the direction that the company can take moving forward. Yeah. I just had a conversation with Carol Cox from Speaking Your Brand, and it's that same idea of stepping out and sharing who you are, right? And that you really learn as you go. So yeah, this incredible amount of benefits. So with this idea of pitching and of trying to figure out the best way to set this up, the, the most delicate way to set this up. <laughs> As a podcast host, especially, we see pitching done in a variety of ways. Yes, we do. So, <laughs> what has been your experience? What have you seen in terms of what people mistakenly think it is and how that plays out? And then therefore where we could go with how we really need to do it right? Well, I would first venture to say that those folks that are listening to your podcast and this episode likely are not going to fall in the camp of doing some of these missteps that you and I as hosts often have land in our inbox. What I see as sort of the biggest challenge, the challenge has a couple of different impacts, honestly, is people take what I like to call that spray and pray approach to pitching to <laughs> where they send as many pitches out to as many people as they can. They don't edit the pitches, right? 
they really take the idea of a template and, and that's where some people are like, oh, I don't love the idea of having a template. Well, a template is just a starting point, right? The spray and pray approaching, they take the template and just send that off without personalizing it to whomever they are sending it to. And the impact of that, I mean, you may get a couple of yeses. My gut is always that if that is the approach that you're taking, the podcast hosts that say yes likely don't have a very engaged following because if you're willing to kind of accept, I guess, a lower caliber commitment to showing up on your show to deliver value, then your audience feels that they don't get that content when they tune in every week or every other week. So you typically will get a lower number of yeses. And then the quality of the opportunities that you land it will likely be a huge waste of time because you're going to be showing up in front of audiences that aren't as engaged as when the host would be more choosy as to who they say yes to. That's the problem. Yeah, that was so beautifully said. So this is not a numbers game. This is a relationship game and a communication game. I mean, that's what this is about. Like we're having a conversation. So given that, I think it's so important to remember that the conversation begins the minute you reach out. Absolutely. Think about how you would approach a new friend. It's almost like you need to translate your energy and your personality in the form of an email, or if the host has a form that needs to be completed, your job is to really make your ask, because that's what a pitch is. You are asking to be a guest on their show and you are pitching a specific idea for a conversation. And so it's really bringing to life how you can do that in a unique way that serves that audience. Right. And I will add as a host that where this is very important to me, my audience is so important to me, precious to me. Every single listener means so much to me and I want to do right by them. Yeah. And I have a specific idea in mind of what I want to share that's in alignment with, you know, the positively productive mantra, do less, live more, breathe easier, right? That incorporates these concepts that are a little different from what most people expect about productivity and other elements that of life that we're talking about here. And so given that when I receive a pitch from someone, it's really sad when I get this spray and pray. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't love it, but I but I love the name because it really says something about that where they've tossed it out and they haven't bothered, it seems. And if they did, they're not showing me that they did to understand what I'm doing and how much it matters to me. That's actually hurtful. And you're right. You will not be as likely to get those yeses and those invites because you're actually showing them that all you care about is getting on the show, not the show or the people that are going to be impacted by it. So I have a friend, Amber De La Garza, and I met her through pitching a client to her. And then she was on my show think in 2019. And I remember she said the thing that stood out about your pitch was that I felt seen. And I feel like, especially in 2021, that's what we all want is to be seen for the work that we are putting out there. And, you know, you said that it's hurtful and the average person might think, well, that's a little over the top being hurt. 
But it is, you're taking the time to have something land in my inbox that we have to navigate through and to have taken no time to personalize it. To me, it just, like you said, really shows the level of commitment or lack thereof that would be coming with the interview as well. So I really appreciate you highlighting that. And I think hopefully for the listeners, you recognize some people, I think, overcomplicate pitching, you know, and it doesn't need to be something, there's no 100% right way. That's why I've never put out a freebie. That's like the pitch that will land you all the interviews, you know, because it is very specific to you, but then also as the host, such a great point of you have your own idea of a content calendar and you may love me, but if I send a topic that doesn't really correlate to what you had planned for your people, it's no dig on me. It's just, no, it's not a good fit for what I have planned for my show. We can still be friends and colleagues, but the interview might be a no-go. Right. And if you pitch well, and if you start that connection, even if you're not right for the show, that host, I promise you, knows plenty of other hosts who may say, it's not what I have planned here, but I have someone else in mind you may be great for. I've made so many connections for people. And I will say this, I have received the forum letters. I've received the forum letters where I could even see different color, different style fonts where they've just added my name in. And I promise you that is deleted so fast. And you're right. Those listening to the show right now probably haven't done this, but we're going to get into some of the tips that you can really tweak to make it even better for these benefits. And I will tell you a couple ones that happened recently. Okay. One of them was Again, it doesn't have to be perfect, like you said, but to feel seen. I love how you describe that where, and she was on this podcast already. She has been a guest and it happened because she showed me she cared about what I was saying, expressed what she could talk about. And it was so intriguing that even though what she pitched wasn't quite right, I messaged her and asked, well, what about this? This is what I really care about. And she's like, oh, well, then I could focus on this aspect of it instead. And I was like, well, there we go. So we came to a compromise and an agreement, which worked brilliantly because it was a direction she was going, you know, she was kind of changing her business a little bit as well. And then another one recently, and I will be having this gentleman on next year because I I've booked my content out so far, but uh, he sent me a video. I've had one of those Those are really impactful and not a lot of people are doing them quite yet. So it is a great way to stand out. And it went through the pieces of it, like you said, uh, to help me feel seen of, I've listened to, to your show. This is my impression of it. This is what I took away from it. This is what I can bring to the conversation. Mm -hmm. So I've begun the process of describing what a really solid pitch could entail. Would you like to take it from here and give us a, a few steps or things to think about as we move forward doing it right? Yeah, a couple of things actually that you mentioned. So the video is one, it's gaining traction For sure. I've had a friend reach out and she normally sends me the bad pitches that she receives, but she did send me a message that she got this awesome one and she sent it over and it was a video. The important piece of the video, and so we use this in our pitches, not video, but we pull audio. And I think anytime that you can make it easier on the host to decide whether or not you're a good fit, both from the topic, but also 
from the audio quality, you kind of level yourself up among some of the other folks whose pitches are landing in the inbox. So if your listeners are thinking, good gravy, I do not want to create a video for every pitch that I send, I see you. What we do is we pull audio either from a previous interview, if the person, client that we're working with has their own show, you can just pull audio from that. Or if you've never done any of that, you can even record your audio in Zoom and still pull it into a program like Headliner and create a bit of an audio snippet with even a visual. So we basically, we have headliner. You're familiar. A lot of podcast hosts will pull their audio and make audiograms. We do that for our clients and we teach our students to do it. And you include a link to it in your pitch. So if Susie Q, the host is reading your pitch and she's intrigued, but she doesn't know you from Adam, she can click on this and hear you. And for a host, it's super important because you want to know that the person that you're choosing to interview is articulate, that they are able to be in a quiet environment with decent equipment so that they can clearly be heard. So that's one thing I would say to listeners, aside from the strategy and the topics, which I'll answer any questions you have about that, but also demonstrate that you are a professional. You don't need to be a professional podcaster the way that maybe Joe Rogan is. In fact, (laughs) it might be nice to not be, but just to demonstrate that you intend to show up and serve, I think is really important. Those are some excellent tips that I wasn't even thinking about in terms of offering what you would sound like. And again, it all comes down to making it as easy as possible for the host to decide. And I can even think back to when I was pitching before I had my own show, which completely changes your perspective. You're like, Oh, I get it now. Right. It's like, it's like becoming a parent. Finally, you know, you run it around as a teenager, like whatever. And then you become a parent. You're like, I get it now. I'm, I'm sorry, mom. You were awesome. So same idea. But I can remember the one thing I focused on the most was you have an audience. Let me understand them and tell you how I can help them and just come with that intention. There's a a phrase I often use is it's our job to do the legwork at the end of a pitch. And our pitches do tend to be longer than the average person's, but it's we have it very easily readable, right? So there's bullet points. Sometimes there's italics like we make it the visual appearance of the email, although it may be longer than many people's, it is chunked out so your eye can navigate it easily because I don't want a host to get to the end of a pitch and have a question. Because if they have a question, we're all really busy. The chances of them responding back for clarification is about zero. They're not gonna do that. And so that's why in terms of another suggestion for your listeners, definitely put out a specific topic. We see that a lot where I will get pitches that are all just a bit of a bio of the potential guest. And do you think they would be a great fit for the Go Pitch Yourself podcast? Well, I have no idea. I don't know what you would talk on. Sometimes they'll list five different topics, but if they haven't been tweaked to be relevant to my show, I'm not going to do the legwork of figuring that out. So I think that's another big takeaway for the listeners is you do the legwork, you make sure that host has all the information that they need to make a decision. Like you said, make it easy for them. Yeah, that's good. And so along those lines, some steps that we can take, listen 
to at least a couple episodes, right? So you get the feel of it, maybe, or at least part of one. I guess maybe that would be the the question for you, Angie, is Uh (laughs) keeping it real, keeping it realistic. I know what I've done. What's like, and, and I mean this in the best way possible, for the purposes of being productive, moving through, understanding that we're all busy, including those of us who are pitching and doing the legwork. Yes. What are the most, instead of saying the bare minimum that we need to do, how about <laughs> if we say, how about if we say the most effective steps that we can take, the fewest, most effective, that would be like our 80-20 for really understanding what we need to tell that host. Yes. So it actually goes contrary to what a lot of folks might think. I don't actually think you need to listen to two or three full episodes of a podcast. And candidly, for you, you know, when you invite guests to your show, you likely probably don't care if they are a regular listener, just that they understand who you're speaking to and what your angle is for them. So for us, What I teach and what we do internally for clients is that this is my secret. Don't tell anyone, okay? Okay, just between us. (laughs) Is when I am drafting pitch lists. So inside of the client part of our business, because we teach folks how to pitch themselves, but then we also pitch a handful of clients. I still have a heavy hand in crafting the pitch list for strategy purposes I will often listen if I find a show that I think is a good fit for this client, I will hit play on an episode and then I just have that playing in the background, the audio of it, because that is where you can really pick up the energy of the host. You can get a really good sense. I mean, candidly, if they have crap audio, I am not going to pitch a client to a show that they wouldn't be proud to share. So that can easily like just dissuade that show and get it off our list. but. I look at their listing in Apple Music or an Apple podcast. I look at their description and that is great because it's telling you exactly what the host had in mind when they crafted that podcast. Like who are they speaking to? What are they planning to talk about? I look at that. I look at previous episodes. So this is a quick one. Have they had guests on before? If I could tell you in the beginning how many times I had gone down the rabbit hole of vetting and then realized, oh, wait, they never even have guests on their show, then it would save a lot of time. So I look at the previous episodes to really get a good sense of, are they sharing more mindset related topics? Are they a straight how-to podcast? Do they really want your journey as an individual, right? It gives you a sense of what would the angle be that would be a good fit for that show. And then we go to their website. I look to see how do they get paid? Do they have a program that is complementary to what I or our client does? Is it totally competitive? In which case, likely not a great fit. So we do the legwork on looking at their podcast, what it looks like over time, and then on their website and then social, if we feel like looking at social, but a lot of times the website will tell us a lot of what we need to know. And then we still have them playing in the background to see if anything sticks out, especially like that intro part of their show, to see if anything they say is in direct conflict with something our client might you know, the angle, like you said, you've got a specific angle for productivity. We wouldn't want to put you on a show that is in direct disagreement with that. 
Yeah, that makes so much sense. And along those lines of, of playing something in the background, the one that I might go to that I'll, I'll actually listen to that I love, it's, it's a fantastic shortcut for me is the trailer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, that first, that first episode. And I mean, if you go to mine and you read my description, exactly what you're saying here, you will know whether or not there's a potential fit for you. One thing we've seen a lot of, especially over 2020 and into 2021, is people are changing up their podcasts. So they're going from interview shows to solo, or they're pivoting the topic, or they're releasing seasons. If you can see that, which you can typically in their episode titles and listen to those very quickly, then you can reference that in the pitch so they can recognize, okay, well, you might not listen to every episode, but you know, the big stuff, like, you know, I'm changing my offering or I'm only doing solo, in which case we wouldn't reach out to them. (laughs) Right. But yeah, Yeah. you're seeing the big picture there. And I love the extra legwork that you do, but we can definitely take a clue from this and kind of take some of these elements and see, and if you can see that big picture, if you can see the trends of the episodes that they're doing, and there's a place for you, you can start that conversation strongly and engage them in a way. And like I said, I mean, for mine, I want to see other people succeed. I don't want to toss pitches out at all, but we have to be ruthless for the sake of our craft and for the sake of our audience. And so that's where I'm coming from as a host, for sure. Now, given all of this that we're working with, one of the things that I had mentioned to you in essentially my pitch to have you on the podcast, right? is this idea that we can now take this information and we can flip it around. And we talk about useful when you take something that you already know, these are principles, just like we talk about on the Positively Living podcast. And we say, oh, here's where we can apply it elsewhere. You're primarily working with podcasts, but this can work with summits and any other guest opportunities, right? Yeah, absolutely. And also, if we're at a point where we're like, okay, I think i I don't know, maybe want to create a summit, you know, and start getting guests or, or yes, now I'm going to stop being an obsessed listener and become a podcast host. Woo. Yeah. How do we take this information and flip it around? And I do want to mention your episode 48, I believe it was with Kate Kordsmeyer. I loved that. It's this idea of saying, okay, now that we know all these things about pitching well, how do we turn that around as a host? and pull in quality people to share with our audience. Yeah, I appreciate you acknowledging that because I think that is the part we initially launched the course that the company has called the Go Pitch Yourself program. It was a course. It's now wrapped into a membership. And one of the reasons is because the concept of pitching as a business owner, I mean, people come to us and they outsource their pitching there's obviously a need for that, right? But as a business owner, fundamentally, you need to be confident in your ability to pitch your business for opportunities. And I say that as widespread because it could be media, it could be clients, it could be collaborations. And although the logistics and the details of what that pitch might look like or sound like will change based on the opportunity, The core tenets of you doing the legwork, you being prepared, knowing what you're asking for and what's in it for them is super important. And it doesn't change just because you're changing kind of the medium that you're pitching. So for podcast interviews, that's actually a question that I get all the time is I want to land really big names on my show. And I just want to dissuade folks from thinking that having 
first of all, big name guests on your podcast is going to get you to the top of the charts in Apple Podcasts. Because I would say, invite folks onto your show that you feel really excited about sharing their content with your people. Again, it goes back to how precious your listeners are to you and how I did an episode really early on with Kendra Hennessy, who's a friend of mine, and it was just the whole idea of being a mama bear to your listeners. And so in that same vein, don't invite folks on just to get the exposure to their audience really because chances are if they're a really big guest, they very well may not share that episode unless you do something very unique and interview them about something that's different from what everyone else is, which is also a real key when you're an interviewer. Yeah. So I think the key to inviting folks onto your show is to know exactly why you want to have them on, what is unique about the angle and how can they serve your people, right? So Why are you reaching out? How are they going to serve your audience? And then also, what will you do to kind of support them? I mean, you can share if you've got a really big show, the number of listeners you have, the number of email subscribers, let them know how you will share it. If they have something coming up, if you know they're releasing a book, that's always a great time to have bigger named guests on because they are trying to get the word out about their book. But it's really just still doing those core tenets of what good pitching involves. It's so true. And the thing about the quality, I want to highlight again, and I love that you said this because it needs to be said over and over again, even when you're pitching to bring people in as a guest, you want to make sure that it's not the numbers game again. It's the quality game. It's the quality of the content that you're bringing and the uniqueness of it. And such a great tip about saying, okay, even if you have like a bigger name, if you will, the likelihood of sharing may not be that great. And I've definitely seen that where I've had, I would say, you know, maybe bigger names and they've been amazing and the, and the content's been amazing, but the sharing hasn't been. And then you have someone who may be just starting out and I've had it across the board and amazing interviews with people who are just starting out. And this may even be their first podcast interview and the quality was off the charts. The downloads are excellent. And guess what? they were so willing to share that it bumped up the downloads. So everybody wins. I would also like to caveat that with polling your own network. I've had a couple of topics that I wanted to cover recently. And I knew that there were folks in my immediate circle that I could reach out to, but diversity and sharing a diversity of opinion, of business types and of individuals is really important to me as we move forward in my business. And so even reaching out, whereas I had a, you know, a one-step connection to someone that could have been a great guest on my show, I reached out to my network and said, who do you know that can speak to us about virtual summits? And then you get a little bit of a list and you can kind of do your own legwork as a host to see, well, who do I think would offer some different perspective than what I've been sharing on my show? So for me, it's really an important value to make sure that I'm lifting up women and making sure that we see women in positions of leadership. And so to pull from all different backgrounds and avenues, I think is really important. So I don't think that you can underscore enough the importance of stepping outside of that really tight circle that you might have. It's an easy ask to ask one of your best friends to be on your podcast, right? But Sometimes as a host, you also have to do the legwork to get a really diverse group of folks on. And that's really the best way to serve an audience. 
Yeah, that's such a good point. And I know that I have challenged myself. And in the beginning, sure, it was, okay, who have I networked with immediately? And I know they're quality people and I'd love to start with them. But then from there, it was the challenge of saying, okay, what's important to me? And in part of my mission and, and part of my values is definitely the same to raise uh, women up and, and elevate them and give them a platform. But not only that, diversity is very important. So my podcast guests are not exclusively women. I mean, and it's across the board and truly inclusive. At least that is my intent. That is my goal. I'm doing the very best I can. And with that, that comes the challenge of saying, okay, there might be a number of people who could talk about this specific topic. Who's my best choice that represents all of these qualities and things that I want to uphold? For sure. Because I've had some men as guests, maybe just one at this point, but I know there's some in queue. And so one of the missions, again, is lifting up the voices and normalizing the voices of women in leadership positions. If I have a man who I invite onto my show, as long as I know that he is also doing that, because I've struggled before a bit off topic, but you know, as women, I don't want to exist in this silo of just sharing my female clients with other women hosted shows. And so I think it's important to kind of break those boundaries too. Yeah. So that goes back to, I think, finding that connection on that deeper level of, are we sharing the same values? Are we promoting the same things? And all the men that I've had on the podcast so far, and those who are in the queue, all are incredible quality people that promote exactly what it is that I'm hoping to promote here. Well, I think that's a wonderful place for us to wrap things up now. First, tell us where we can find you to get some help with not only the pitching, but the hosting side of it, this membership. There's so much that you have to offer. Yeah. So the best place when this episode goes live, it will be to find me at angietrueblood.com. We are rebranding. The new business name is the Podwise Group, but we will forward everything to that. And so at the website, you'll be able to see the services that we offer, which are both pitching clients like we have done traditionally, and also supporting clients in more of a consultant way. So really working with them internally. And then the membership is the Podwise Co-op. And that also is at angietrueblood.com slash co-op, C-O-O-P. And it's really a home base for innovative business owners who are looking to leverage podcasting as their primary marketing platform, whether that's guesting, hosting, or both. We just launched the Founders Round and we have 27 members and it's just, it's just a really cool space to be a part of. I'm really honored to be serving the people that are in it. Oh, that's so exciting. And I know as a host, how important it is for me to continue to be a guest as well. So, I mean, again, it's one of those things that fewer silos and more of an understanding of how holistically everything plays together and how beneficial all these things can be for so many aspects of your life and business. Yeah. I love that. Fewer silos. I'm going to take that with me, Lisa. <laughs> all right. I love it. Okay. Ready for a rapid wrap up? Yes. Let's do it. Okay. Please fill in the blank. A song that lifts my spirits, makes me dance. The song Wagon Wheel. Not by Darius Rucker, no okay. offense to him, no. but by old show, old show medicine crow. No, old crow medicine show. <laughs> One of those old crow medicine show. That's what it is. I danced when my babies were little. That's what we always kind of danced to in their room and they still love it to this day. 
Oh, I love it. I used to sing the Beatles to my kids, like some something. Oh my God, that was a great one. So I'm hoping I can find this on Spotify so I can add it to the Positively Living Podcast, Spotify Dance Playlist, Volume 3, so we can all rock out to it. Okay. Awesome. How about a quote or mantra that inspires me that I share all the time? A girlfriend of mine told me this a couple of months ago. She said, you can do anything, but you cannot do everything. And I feel like that's very aligned with you. <laughs> Amen. Preach. Say it again louder for the people in the back. Yes. Seriously. <laughs> okay. That's a, that's a good one. We will be highlighting that hard. <laughs> okay. And now how about a resource, a book or app, something that makes my life better? So this is new. A couple of months ago, I joined a co-working space and actually have been renting a private office, which I'm not in at the moment because the recording quality is not awesome. But it has been such a place for me to go and really crank out work. So working at home is great for my creative space. But when I really need to kind of plow through, you know, head down on the computer work, this tiny little office has been such a refuge for me to get that work done. That's a great tip. You're really speaking to how important our environment is for our mm -hmm. productivity. So even if it can't be co-working, consider something else that's an external space from where you normally work in order to trigger your brain differently. Yeah, love that. Love that. Okay. And last, but definitely not least, what or whom are you grateful for today, Angie? It's my family. It is just the folks that have been around me for the last 18 to 24 months through the ups and the downs and just kind of navigating and doing life together. So yeah, it's not always beautiful, especially over the last couple of years, but so happy to wake up and make memories with them every day. Absolutely. Well, I am grateful for you. And I want to thank you so much, Angie, for shining your light in this world and for sharing it so generously with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. This is great. Thank you for joining me today. Your time is precious and limited, and I'm honored you chose to spend it with me. If you have feedback, questions, or want to schedule a chat, head to positivelyproductive.com slash connect. And if you are looking for any of the resources referenced on the podcast, from books to products to training and more, go to positivelyproductive.com slash resources.